Hello, and welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 204. I am coming to you from Fort Johnson, Louisiana. I'm here seeing my family. I am in a hotel room. So if you're watching on the broadcast on YouTube, uh, clearly I'm in a different place than I usually am. There are going to be some strange noises, and I hope that those aren't as loud for, I hope you guys can't hear them on the podcast, but if you do, that's why. So if you're new to the podcast, I'm Delaine Vaughn. I'm a board certified family practice physician. I'm a former emergency room nurse. I'm a veteran healthcare provider and the host of this podcast. My podcast is for women who are not ready to let go of the longevity, vitality, and vigor of life. This is for women who know that life is a gift and we're not ready to let it go. We understand that maybe with age, there's a loss of Christmas and a loss of the maybe stamina. We're not ready to dull it out entirely. We're not ready to let it go altogether. Um, when we get a diagnosis like diabetes or prediabetes, we realize that this is a warning shot and it threatens that gift of life and we're not ready for that. We want to stop it. When we learn about diabetes and prediabetes, we realize it's a process that really must be stopped and it has to be reversed in order for us to maintain the spirit that's always been us. If you know that the food that you're eating is definitely negatively impacting your health and you believe that your health would be vastly improved if you could just stop eating that certain food, this is what I help people with. This is what I help women with. This is what this podcast is for. Definitely there is more help in my group. If you're interested in that, let me know, set up a consult. You can send me an email, Delane at Delane MD. We'll set you up for a consult. You'll see how the group works. We can get you set up for that and get you on your way for that, leaving diabetes behind you. But this podcast specifically is dedicated for strategies to help women live naturally healthy lives. So let's get started. Today, we are gonna talk about a strategy for the excuse or the reason or the story in our brain that I don't have enough time. Before we jump into that, I do have a couple things. One, if you're on meds and you're starting to implement the changes that I recommend during this podcast, if that's what you're starting to do, you need to get a clear line of communication with your healthcare provider so that you can start to um, have a way to share your blood sugars as they trend downward with your healthcare provider and they can give you some feedback on how to adjust your medications. If you're on medications, you've been medicated for the way you used to eat. If you change that way and start eating differently, you're gonna need to change those medications. If not, you can get very, very sick, sick in a way that would involve hospitalization or even death. So it's imperative that you make sure that you have a clear line of communication with your healthcare provider so they can give you guidance on how to change those medications as you're changing the way you're eating. Also, if you're finding this podcast helpful, if you're using this podcast and making changes and watching your blood sugar drop, starting to live a naturally healthy life, if you're doing those things, please rate the podcast. If you're listening on a podcast player like iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or whatever it might be, if you're listening there, rate it on that podcast player because they have algorithms and the more people that rate and review the podcast, the more the podcast will be presented to new people. If you're listening on my website, please share the podcast on your social media for people who might get the same benefit. Share on Instagram, share on uh, Facebook. If you don't already follow me on Facebook and Instagram, please do so, Delane MD, pretty straightforward. And if you're interested in a little bit more help, there is a private group, Delane MD Reversing Diabetes Group, just ask for admission and we'll get you in there. Although I am not as good lately about getting in there and letting people in, but I will, so watch for it. If you've already asked, I will get you in there. 
So today we're going to talk about the story that I just don't have enough time. I love this reason when women present it to me, like, this is the reason I can't do the damn thing, whatever the damn thing is, right? Like, I don't have enough time. This is what I can't do. And this is why I'm struggling. I call these obstacles. And this particular obstacle is one of my favorite to hear from women when they use this as the reason that they cannot get healthy. It's not because I want to dispute their schedule or like change your schedule or argue about whether they're busy or not. It's not because I get to show them where they could have more time even. It's not because I get to help them understand that they are expecting to fix their diabetes or fix their health without making it a priority and that there is some thought about it should be easy. It's not any of those reasons. Most of those things definitely get to get addressed when we like coach through this, right? But that's not why I love it. I love this because the story I don't have enough time blocks so many women from living the naturally healthy life that they want to live. It literally robs us from everything that's important to us. And that is why I love helping coach women through this time that we would have with those people who are most important to us. We allow this story. I don't have enough of it to rob us from that. We allow the story of I don't have enough time to rob us from the experience of travel or some activity, the things that are most important to us. We allow the story to rob us from the time that it takes or the time that we invest in changing these things in our life that we want to change most, i.e. our health. Okay. I hear this from women all the time, even in my group, like the women in my group that work with me, this is not a good time for me to do this work or even women who are considering, right? This is not a good time for me to spend this money. They report that all these other things are more important, right? Like remodeling my home, going on vacation, buying a new car, moving my home, whatever it is. And we let this scarcity of time make us choose between those things. So I have a thought about time that I love and I'm gonna share it with you and you get to take it or leave it. But I think that it is very, very true. And I think that when we start to view time this way, that we really start to get very intentional about how we spend our time. Time, this thought that I'm gonna share right now, here it comes, time is the most valuable commodity that we have. We exchange time for things. Many of us exchange X number of hours each week for work or for developing relationships or for parenting to develop the relationships with our kids to do all these things right we exchange x number of hours each week for a paycheck at work right like i exchange 40 hours a week for this much pay from work all many many humans out there do this or we exchange x numbers of hours per week for creating something maybe we do art or we exchange it for help like right like i'll go and exercise for x number of hours a day that adds up to x number of hours per week or maybe we're doing something to create something in our community so we're volunteering for an organization and we exchange x number of hours each week for that creation of this experience for others in our community okay maybe it's the humane society uh, in your area or maybe it's um volunteering at big brothers and big sisters sometimes we exchange hours per week for doing certain tasks like paying bills or cleaning the house right or gardening right Time is the most valuable commodity. And that's the reason that I think that it's the most valuable commodity that we have is because once we exchange it, we cannot get it back. 
There is no amount of money that we can pay or anything else that you can do to get it back. When you exchanged 40 hours a week last week for work, there is nothing you can do to get that those hours back. You can't give the money back to your employer and get 40 hours of your life back. Time is the most valuable commodity we have because there's nothing you can do to ever get it back. And this is the reason that we have to be very, very, very cognizant and intentional about how we're spending it. This is why I love doing this particular work with women. There is something incredibly rewarding on my end about helping women move beyond the story that blocks them. It's very easy to see once we just take a few minutes to look at it. So today I'm gonna to teach you a strategy for changing the thought that I don't have enough time and creating intentionality in this part of your life, okay? So first we're gonna look at your priorities and then we're gonna look at your current daily schedule, the way that you are spending your minutes each day and then we're going to reconcile your priorities with the schedule that you're doing, the minutes per day that you're spending on those priorities. We're gonna get very granular in this exercise and you will think it's tedious and you will want to gouge my eyeballs out for even recommending it. It will take some time investment initially, which is really difficult, a difficult buy-in for somebody who doesn't believe she has enough time, but I want you to really consider doing this exercise. The return on investment for the time that you're gonna give here is invaluable, okay? So many times the things or the results that we want in our life are on the other side of us slowing down and getting granular, granular and giving ourselves permission to spend the time to see what's happening. Okay, because what we want is a change in what's happening. And if you don't take the time to look at it, you're never gonna see that, okay? So step one, I want you to grab a piece of notebook paper and chances are really good that you're gonna need a few pieces of notebook paper to do this exercise, okay? And I want you to write down the five most important things in your life. Those priorities, and I want you to rank them with number one being the most important and five being the least important on that list of five, okay? I want you to do that first and foremost. Step two, I want you to take a new piece of paper and I want you to write a timetable out, similar to like a planner, okay? This timetable is gonna have 15 minute increments that start with the moment you wake up and end with the moment you go to bed. So this is gonna be a long list of 15 minute increments, right? So for if you wake up at 5 a.m., you're gonna have five o'clock, 5.15, 5.30, 5.45, o'clock, 6.15, and et cetera, until you go to bed, whatever time that is, 10 p.m., 9.30, whatever it is, midnight, whatever it might be, okay? And each of these time slots, I want you to write down what you're currently doing in your days. Okay, so yes, I get it. You work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Fine, you have this, you know, eight and a half, nine hour work day. But during those times, I still want you to write in those 15 minute increments what you are doing specifically in each of those time increments. Okay, so if you're working on a project from 9.30 to 10 a.m., right, you know, project outline at 9.30 and then maybe task delegation at 9.45, if you have a meeting with your boss from 10 to 11, I want you to write in the 10 a.m., the 10.15, and the 10.45 slots, meeting with my boss. And then whatever you start doing at 11, starts at 11 a.m., and you put that in the 11 a.m. time slot. 
And if it takes a half an hour, you write them in the 11 a.m. and the 11.15 time slot. And then at 11.30, whatever you're starting, you're going to do there. This is going to be a tedious exercise to compile this information, but give yourself permission to collect this data. And I encourage you collect, I encourage you to collect it for four days. Okay. So I encourage you to do it at least one of the days before you start. So think back to yesterday. If you're going to start this tomorrow or today, I want you to think back to yesterday before you had the awareness that this was an option to do this exercise and that, you know, how we're going to reconcile the information that you collect in this timetable with the priorities that you wrote in step one. Okay. So I want you to give yourself permission to do it beforehand, before you kind of had this like awareness that this was a way to look at this. Okay. So I want you to do one of those four days that you're going to collect information for. I want you to do before you heard this podcast or this strategy. And then I also want to want you to do one of the days where you're not working. So on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever your day off is, I want one of those four days to be a day off. Okay. And then the other two days probably should be work days because that's where you spend most of your time. Okay. This can be a very powerful exercise of awareness. So again, that's why I want you to do one day before you are aware of this. So after you complete this day four collection of data, we're gonna move on. We're gonna go to step three, whereas you go back, where you will go back and look at the timetable and your schedule that you've compiled for those four days. In each of those 15 minute slots next to them, I want you to write which one of the five priorities that time represents or that time supports, okay? So when you're at work, say your five priorities are your family and your career and um, maybe health is a priority and maybe, um, you know, happiness, or I don't know, a vacation or whatever it might be. Maybe you have a hobby that's priority. Write all of those in. And then for work, right? Like, so if you're working from eight to five, that in my brain, my work supports the priority of family for me, okay? So it supports family in that it supports my family, the home we live in, the things we do, the vacations we get to go on, all of the things that we want to have in our life, my career supports that. So I want to create, I want to put next to all of those time slots where I am working, I want to put number one, family. That supports my family. Now, what we end up finding out when we're doing this is like, oh, from 9 to 9.30, you know, 9 to 9.15, I did a project outline, 9.15 and 9.30, I did project, you know, outline task delegation, right? Like I delegated tasks out. And then from 9.30 to 9.45, I got on Facebook and I took a little break. And then at 9.45, I prepped for the meeting that I had with my boss at 10. And then from 10 to 11, 10.30, you know, 10, 10.15, 10.30, I had a meeting with my boss, right? So the prep for the or the prep for the meeting is a number one, right? That supports my family. That supports my priority of my family. So I put a number one next to that. I would not put a number one next to the 15 minutes I spent Facebooking. Okay. I would not put that there because that's not really working that's doing something different. And that's why it's really important to get very granular on that timetable and put what you're truly doing in each of those time frames. 
Okay. So if one of, you know, if you're, you know, noon, noon to one, you had lunch from noon to, you know, 1215, you prepped your lunch from 1215 to 1245, you ate your lunch from 1245, maybe to one o'clock, you cleaned up after your lunch, whatever that might be. Maybe that would be supporting a priority of health. Right in the morning, when I get up in the morning from six to six fifteen, I typically, you know, start coffee, go to the bathroom, get clothes changed from six fifteen to six thirty. I would do meditation from six thirty to seven thirty. I would do exercise, right, and that, you know, I would delegate those out again in fifteen minute increments. But the priority would be my health. That would be the number that went to that. Okay. So what you end up doing is you add up you know, what your, how much time during your day. And I really, I think doing this in a percentage is probably most helpful, but how many minutes in a day are you spending on priority number one, on priority number two, on priority number three, on priority number four, and priority number five. If you only have three priorities, that's fine too. I actually think it's better because then you're actually giving yourself a clear understanding about the things that are most important to you versus like we could make a list of 10 priorities, right? But like only the top three to five are really things that are like, I'm not willing to let go of these priorities in my life. Okay. So add up how many minutes each day you're spending in those priorities. And then in the time frame where you are not, or the time, you're going to have a number of minutes that do not support any of those priorities. Priority one through five are not going to be supported with Facebooking, with bathroom breaks, with, um, I don't know, checking the mail, with whatever it is, although checking the mail usually has to do with looking for bills. You are going to have, watching TV is a great example, right? Like watching TV doesn't necessarily support my family. It doesn't support my health. It doesn't support all of these priorities that I have. It doesn't build my professional, you know, prowess so that I'm like a better coach or a better doctor. Watching TV doesn't do that. How many minutes a day are you spending doing things that don't support those things that are truly a priority for you. This is the money number. This is the place that you have agency to decide on some things, on how you want to do some things, to get intentional about your life. Part of this might be that you're doing many, many minutes in some area that you don't have listed as a priority because you don't think it should quote unquote be a priority or you think something else should be a priority. So you may have this like list of five priorities and number five, you find that you're only spending like 30 minutes doing a day because in your brain, you're like, that should really be a priority. Like maybe taking care of your pets, maybe that should be a priority. But when you actually look at the number of minutes you're spending in a day, you don't support, like the number of minutes you're spending in a day don't really support that this is really an important priority to you. Versus you're spending a lot of minutes doing something during the day and you're like, that's really not a priority to me. Like I don't want to be spending my time doing that or it is a priority to me and I need to put it in my priority list, okay? So the example that I use here, okay, for me personally, recently has been in Facebook, right? I recently broke up with Facebook. I still have a private account because I have to have a private account to have my business account. And I do still do some business on that, right? Like I have my 
Facebook group. And again, like why I don't let people into the Facebook group as frequently as I used to is because I just am not spending as much time on Facebook. Okay. When I looked at how many minutes a day that I was spending on social media, I was appalled. I was appalled. And here's the deal. Your phone, if you have an iPhone, and I think if you have an Android, it will set up, it will tell you how many minutes a day you're spending on doing these things, on doing social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. And they'll clump it together as social media. And they'll say social media minutes. For me, it was hours. My days were measured in hours spent on social media. I think that's a really good thing to see. It's a great tool to use. Yeah, you can judge that I was on social media that long. That's fine. From my brain, like not judging myself as being good or bad. For me, it was really like, is this how I want to spend my hours of my life? Okay. Do I want to exchange other things? Again, these are minutes I cannot buy back at the end of my life. No amount of money I can make to purchase these minutes back. Is this how I want to be spending them? When I saw that number, thanks to my iPhone, and also doing these exercises where you break down your day into how many minutes each day that you're doing things. When I see the number of minutes that I've spent in my life on Facebook and the realization that I can't buy those minutes back, I had a very clear epiphany. Like, I don't want to be spending those minutes there. At the end of my life, when I think at the end of my life on my deathbed, I'm going to wish I had every single one of those minutes back to be with my kids and the people I love in my life. Not to be like liking somebody's funny, witty meme. Although they're funny and witty and entertaining, that's fine. But that is not where I'm going to want to spend. I will not have wished that I spent one more minute doing that. That's not where I want to spend my hours. When we think about not having the time to take care of our health, but then we look at the things that we are spending our time on, is this the exchange we want to be making? Do I want to be exchanging time on Instagram or Facebook for time that I could be making healthy meals for myself to make myself set up for the next day to be healthy? Do I want to be exchanging time eating junk food while I'm watching TV versus doing something that might be creating health in my life? You always get to decide what your priority is, but when we're telling ourselves we don't have the time to be healthy, because we're doing these other things. It's not true. We do have the time. It's just maybe not a priority and that's okay too, but call it what it is versus the cruddy feeling that comes from, I can't do it because I don't have the time. That feels horrible. Okay. The other thing that, you know, I always say like we can't buy our time back, but when we actually do invest the time, make the exchange of time to do, to learn how to get healthy, we are actually getting time back which is interesting, right? Like we create more time by investing the time and figuring out how to get healthy versus telling ourselves we're too busy and we can't do it and not investing that time. One, you actually get healthy. Two, you actually live your life more robustly. You're not on meds and you're not gonna die early from some complication associated with type two diabetes. So there is the possibility. Now we could all get in a car accident tomorrow and die, right? Like we aren't guaranteed that we get time back in our life, right? But we are 
taking steps actively to keep ourselves from dying an early death associated with the complications with diabetes. Okay. So see what happens with this exercise. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to give yourself permission to take an hour and do this exercise. Even if you don't maybe collect the data in real time, although I think it's most effective if you start collecting that data in real time. See, this exercise will allow you to see where you are actually spending your time and if those spaces are really where your priorities in life are. Are you spending time supporting the priorities in your life? And if you are not, are you ready to start doing that? Okay, so I hope that is helpful for you. If you have any questions about this exercise, don't hesitate to holler at me. Send me a message, delane at delanemd.com. I'm happy to answer any questions if you're ready to get started on this. Again, if you know there is a food that you're eating and that's what's causing you to not live a naturally healthy life, please reach out to me, set up a consult. Delane at DelaneMD.com will set that up and we'll get you started living a naturally healthy life. I hope this was helpful. I'll be back next week. Bye-bye.